If you're wanting to responsibly start a backyard flock or expand your existing barnyard party, we highly recommend checking out My Pet Chicken. You can order day-old chicks and waterfowl, chicken supplies, hatching eggs, and there's a wealth of information on their website. I love how you can mix and match all the breeds with no per breed minimum. I totally got 18 different breeds last year and they all arrived happy and healthy. So go to mypetchicken.com slash Farm to put in your chick, duckling, or gosling order. That link lets them know we sent you and it's a great way to support our podcast and fulfill all of your poultry addiction needs. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. What you drinking today? I just opened a Trogues Independent Brewing Cranberry Blood Orange Tart Ale. Ooh. Yeah, I picked it because it looks like the turkey brine I have simmering on the stove right now. Oh, hey, that is so coordinated. It is. I'm feeling super coordinated. (laughs) What are you (laughs) drinking over there? So I am having a Neptune's Trident Pinot Grigio. Hmm. Yeah, I have this habit of um, not skipping my tasting room wine club order that comes quarterly. And so I have some repeats because I didn't (laughs) switch anything out. And my husband's like, you have too much wine in this house. Don't buy beer until you've had get rid of some of your wine. So so that is why I'm drinking what I'm drinking today. Nice. I like it. (laughs) Our drink peep this episode is Elizabeth Steves, which is at Steel02 over on the Instagram. So cheers, lady. Cheers. So in today's mini-sode, we're doing something a little bit different. We're going to talk about some fun facts about Thanksgiving. Yeah, and some of these you might know, some you might not, and I don't know, maybe we'll bust a few strange Thanksgiving myths while we're at it. Yes, yes. So we have quite a few sources because we did do a lot of verifying um, and pulling (laughs) from different sources, so check those out in our show notes. There's like five or six. Yeah, it was a big old list of them. Yes. So the first one is that President... Thomas Jefferson thought making Thanksgiving a national holiday was, and I quote, a ridiculous proposition, end quote. End quote. (laughs) I mean, I guess maybe in the context of what he thought Thanksgiving was or Thanksgiving was at the time, maybe it was a ridiculous proposition. I feel like I'm going to use that phrase in life now. I kind of like those three words together. Yeah, I don't think I'll do that. It's a ridiculous <laughs> proposition. <laughs> so it's not that Thomas Jefferson had a vendetta against thankfulness. Instead, he saw the holiday as a blurred line. 
So Thomas Jefferson was a strong believer in separation of church and state and supporting Thanksgiving meant state-sponsored religion, which I might need to do a little more digging because I don't I can, I don't see Thanksgiving as a religious holiday, but maybe back then it 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 was. So I actually know something about that. It Ooh. was because the pilgrims celebrated Thanksgiving as one of their religious holidays. Because, like, oh. Thanksgiving is really, like, a combination of a lot of different, like, traditions. You know, there's harvest and um, there was a festival that they used to do over in England, you know, before the pilgrims all came here. So Thanksgiving was oh. mostly a holiday celebrated by the pilgrims at that time. Got it. Interesting. Yeah. So... Now you might be asking yourself, well, how the heck did we get Thanksgiving? And thanks to Sarah Hale, who is known as the mother of Thanksgiving, we have fact number two. And it turns out Sarah Hale also wrote the famous children's letter lullaby, Mary Had a Little Lamb. (laughs) Which is such a weird, like, fun fact. So, you know, how did the lady that wrote Mary Had a Little (laughs) Lamb come to, like, lobby for Thanksgiving? Well, she wrote... The president that was currently in office for 17 years about making Thanksgiving a national holiday before she finally found a president that said yes. And it was Abraham Lincoln right after the Civil War. They thought that making Thanksgiving a national holiday would help bring the country together. Yeah, and Sarah was actually the founder of an American ladies magazine, and she had been promoting women's rights far before suffrage started, and she used her platform to publish articles and letters to persuade recognition of Thanksgiving, because she believed it would help ease the tension between the North and South states. Super cool. What a smart lady. Yes. So strategic. Not a ridiculous proposition. No. (laughs) And our third fact is that the first Macy's Thanksgiving parade in 1924 didn't have any balloons. That's right. That one kind of blew my mind. No pun intended. Um, (laughs) Because like when you think Macy's Thanksgiving parade, at least I think of big balloons. Mm -hmm. But it turns out a puppeteer moved to New York City to perform, perform with his puppets And he was actually discovered by Macy's, and they hired him to create large animal-shaped balloons. The 1928 parade was the first to have massive balloons, and it obviously hasn't stopped. And the first parade they were featured ended with the balloons being released into the sky, where they ended up bursting. What a waste. So, did that like terrify some children? I mean, I would think it would be allowed. And I think there were some wars going around, you know, at that time. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, the Roaring Twenties were happening. So I don't know. Big boom. Roar. Okay. Yeah. Jokes. Um, the next year, though, they added safety valves that allowed them to float for a few days and address labels were sewn into them. So anyone who found a grounded balloon and mailed it back would get a Macy's gift card. Super clever. So that's honestly, like, the coolest scavenger hunt ever. I mean, yeah, like a free gift card. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Our fourth fact is that the Snoopy balloon has appeared more than any other balloon in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I love that little balloon. Me too. Well, it's not little. It's big. (laughs) I just love Snoopy. And now, moving on to one of maybe the more controversial pieces of Thanksgiving. Because I've never actually had it before. Cranberries. I've never had cranberry sauce before. What? Yeah. No. Okay. It skews me out. But I feel like I'm an adult now and maybe I should figure it out. And just do it. (laughs) Yeah. I will. Next time I see you, I don't care if it's July. I'm making you cranberry sauce because I make famous cranberry sauce. People text me for my cranberry sauce recipe. And I just tell them it's the recipe that's on the back of the bag. But something about the way that I make it, people really like it. <laughs> Maybe it's because you have so much love that you put into it. That's got to be it. Yeah. So fact number five is that cranberries were once used for more than just sauce and juice. Uh, indigenous people use them to treat wounds and dye arrows. I mean, I use it in beer, and I also just ate a cranberry muffin. I use cranberries in all sorts of things because I love cranberries. I do like a good cranberry muffin. So Mm -hmm. it's just the sauce, like, that I've never had or the stuff in the can I've never had. I mean, they definitely taste different. I won't say that the stuff in the can is bad because I've eaten that, and that doesn't bother me. But there's something about fresh cranberry sauce. Mm. Like, it just, like, it's a little sweeter and a little tarter. And I don't know. I make a cranberry pie, too. I'll be making a cranberry pie once we're done recording. I'm hungry right now. All sorts of cranberry things. (laughs) Me, too. Clearly. A number six is the best way to tell if a cranberry is ripe is to see if it bounces. So you did not just drop the bowl of cranberries all over the floor. You're just checking to make sure they're ripe. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Also, side note, while we're talking about cranberries, I started following some cranberry farmers on Instagram because the pictures of the cranberries and like the water is just soothing to me i don't know why but if you're interested in checking that out one of my favorites is cranberry chats and she's actually a fifth generation ocean spray cranberry grower it's really neat and she's very personable so you should i need to be friends with that person so i'm gonna go follow them (laughs) good (laughs) want to try out new chicken keeping products but having a hard time figuring out where to start you must check out honey and rue the chicken keepers subscription box. Each box may include a chicken treat, a medical or health product, a book or a magazine, and a couple of fun and useful chicken-themed items for the chicken keeper. The Honey and Rue subscription box is a great gift to give or receive this holiday season, and the subscription doesn't include just the box. You get 10% off everything in the Honey and Rue shop while you're an active subscriber. So go to honeyandrue.com and use code DRINKINFARM to get 10% off your first box. Henny and Rue, better chicken keeping delivered. All right. Fact number seven. Baby turkeys are called poults. And they are ridiculously cute. They are. Yes. There's no argument there. No, no. I mean, they kind of look like awkward little birds to me, but like <laughs> awkward in the cutest way possible. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> And number eight is domestic turkeys can't fly, but they have been to outer space because turkey was the first meal enjoyed by Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. Oh, but the turkey, 
that was the turkey dead before they got there I'm gonna oh go yeah. yeah okay yeah for sure I'm pretty <laughs> sure that it was just like one of those like turkey Thanksgiving like frozen meals or oh, you know like dehydrated like a meals TV dinner yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like space TV dinner <laughs> <laughs> I love it and fact number nine which is truly as we found not actually a fact but the article said the turkey was Ben Franklin's vote for the national bird Ooh, our first fact busting. Yeah. So this is actually not really true. I guess it could be con- like perceived as true, depending on how you read into the research. <laughs> yeah. So after the Continental Congress adopted the Declaration of Independence on July 4th, 1776, It asked Benjamin Franklin, along with John Adams and Thomas Jefferson, with designating a seal to present the new country. So they didn't actually suggest a turkey. Um, According to his notes, Ben Franklin proposed an image of Moses standing on the shore and extending his hand over the sea which caused it to overwhelm Pharaoh, who was sitting in an open chariot. So along with it, he also wanted to add the motto, rebellion to tyrants is obedience to God. That's pretty intense. (laughs) That is is a super intense motto. Imagine if that was our motto. I mean, I kind of like it. It it would go nicely on like a throw pillow. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) And the scene that they wanted on the back of the seal was from the book of Exodus. And uh, apparently the Continental Congress was not impressed with either of these concepts and totally tabled it. (laughs) They didn't come back to it until 1782 when the bald eagle as the centerpiece was approved. Okay. Big difference there. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. So the story that Franklin proposed the turkey as the national symbol began to circulate in American newspapers around the time that the country's centennial um, occurred. And it's based around this letter from January 26, 1784. So the letter in which he panned the eagle and extolled the virtues of the gobbler to his daughter, Sarah, And he said, for my own part, I wish the bald eagle had not been chosen as the representative of our country he wrote the founding father argued that the eagle was a bird of bad moral character that does not get his living honestly because it steals its food from the fishing hawk and is too lazy to fish for himself oh that's some symbolism right there (laughs) in contrast franklin called the turkey a much more respectable bird a true original native of america while he considered the eagle a rank coward Franklin believed the turkey to be a bird of courage that would not hesitate to attack a grenadier of the British <laughs> guards who should presume to inba- invade his farmyard with a red coat on. While the private letter was a spirited promotion of the turkey over the eagle, Franklin never made his views public, and when the chance had been given to him to officially propose a symbol for the United States eight years earlier, his idea was obviously biblical and not avian. That's crazy. Yes. He's just saying that turkey is superior to eagle gobble gobble mother effers. (laughs) Essentially. It's like a little mini drunk history. Yes. I liked it. I'm actually related to Ben Franklin. 
So really, yeah. Ava Braun and Ben Franklin. Yeah, quite the mix there, huh? That is that is quite a mix. Who? <laughs> I don't think I'm related to anyone famous. I mean, not like nationally famous. So, hmm. I guess Texas John Slaughter is one of my uh, ancestors, but only people in the West will know who that is. So, is he like a murderer? <laughs> no, he's like a rancher. Oh. But like, yeah. Because <laughs> Slaughter made me think of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually yeah. I mean that that's a family name. That's a last name that's in my family. So oh <laughs> yeah, the more you know, <laughs> right? I could have been Beverly Slaughter. Oh, that is like a yeah. That's a name. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is a name, and it was my grandmother's name for a while. Oh, wow, <laughs> gosh, I'm learning so much right now. I know. Family podcasts are fun. So this is our Thanksgiving dinner podcast. Yes. (laughs) All right. Number 10. The very first TV dinner sold were turkey dinners. But it's not because they thought turkey was superior to eagle or whatever else they would have made (laughs) a frozen dinner out of. What happened was in 1953, a Swanson employee accidentally ordered a huge shipment of Thanksgiving turkeys. It was 260 tons to be exact. Oh, my God. (laughs) And to deal with the excess, salesman Jerry Thomas took inspiration from the prepared food served on airplanes. And he came up with this idea of filling 5,000 aluminum trays with the turkey, along with cornbread dressing, gravy, peas and sweet potatoes to complete the offering. And the 98-cent meals were a hit, especially with kids and increasingly busy households. So that's basically how TV dinners were born. Interesting. Love it. It happened by a whoops. A whoops, yeah. And I'm glad they didn't have eagle in them. (laughs) Yeah, that would be awkward. (laughs) Fact number 11 is the turkeys pardoned by the presidents go on to live fulfilling lives. Hmm. Yeah. I do know that they stay in fancy hotels. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, bougie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw the pardoning. Uh, pictures from the pardoning from this week. <laughs> it just made me laugh. It's such a funny thing. So it was kind of fun to see it. Um, see this and this list and do a little digging. So we actually got this from the White House website. So... This better be true. Uh, (laughs) The official pardoning of the White House turkey is an interesting White House tradition that has captured the imagination of the public in recent years. Um, Reports of turkeys as gifts to American presidents can be traced back to the late 1800s. The first official turkey pardon happened with animal rights activists picketing nearby when President George H.W. Bush Quipped, reprieve, keep him going, or pardon. It's all the same for the turkey as long as he doesn't end up on the president's holiday table. Aww. So apparently the animal activists had something to do with this. Ah, oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So recently White House mythmakers have claimed that President Harry S. Truman began the tradition of pardoning a turkey. However, the Truman Library and Museum dis- disputes this notion that he was the first to do so. And this actually stems from him being the first president to receive a turkey from the Poultry and Egg National Board in the National Turkey Federation. From September to November 1947, announcements of the government encouraging poultryless 
Thursdays grabbed national headlines. Outrage from homemakers, restaurant owners, and the poultry industry was palpable in Washington. And this was because people were pointing out that a lot of important holidays like Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's uh, are turkey holidays and fall on Thursdays. So what are you doing, Mr. Truman? Oh. Yes. Uh, So poultry growers have actually started sending crates of live chickens, hens for Harry to the White House, and protest the turkey they presented to President Truman that December promoted the poultry industry and established an annual news niche that endures today. Can they mail me some hens, please? I yes. would like hens for Bev. Hens Just random hens Bev. in the mail. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> so while 1947 was the beginning of the official turkey presentation from the poultry industry, the turkey pardon remained a sporadic tradition. In December, December 1948, Truman accepted two turkeys and remarked that they would come in handy for Christmas dinner. There was clearly no plan to pardon these birds. (laughs) (laughs) During the latter years of the Nixon presidency, Patricia Nixon accepted the birds on behalf of the president and in 1973 sent the bird to Oxen Hills Children's Farm. In 1978, turkey, uh, that turkey was presented to First Lady Rosalind Carter, met a similar fate and also went to a farm that was like a mini zoo. Uh, So this is where some of this started kind of happening, where they clearly weren't just taking the turkey out back, and then it ended up on their their table. Um, After 1981, the practice of sending the presentation turkey to a farm became the norm under President Ronald Reagan, um, and it kind of became this campy little thing for the reporters. It's kind (laughs) of fun. Everybody needs a good giggle now and then. Absolutely. So then, obviously, the whole pardoning thing, like we said, happened with George H.W. Bush. But what happens to some of the other turkeys that don't go to a farm? Hmm. Apparently, they go to Disneyland and Walt Disney World Parks to serve as Grand Marshal in the annual Thanksgiving Day Parade. (laughs) That's amazing. And that happened in 2005 and 2009. So the one for this year, I don't know where it'll end up. Maybe we'll have to figure it out and do a follow-up later. Yes. But it is kind of... It's funny. I love that tradition. If we can remember to do that. I think the turkeys from this year were named Corn and Cob, if I'm remembering right. (laughs) And the last I saw of them was in like a super bougie hotel. So I'm not sure what has happened to them since then. But it's only been like a day. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. All right. Fact number 12 is the night before Thanksgiving is the single biggest day for bar sales in the U.S., (laughs) <laughs> probably not this year though right <laughs> yeah probably not this year but crazy <laughs> yes so crazy um also fun fact number 13 americans eat the weight of singapore's population in turkey every year which is up to 690 million pounds what a strange way to represent <laughs> that amount of turkey like <laughs> the population of singapore <laughs> yeah it just happens to line right up. Right? They're they like, look now, really hard for that. What could match the 690 million pounds number that we have? I know. All of the people living in a country. Singapore. <laughs> number 15. The average person eats enough each Thanksgiving to gain 1.3 pounds. 
Ouch. That sounds about right. Yeah. I, I definitely eat a lot on Thanksgiving. It's my favorite meal of the year. Huh? It's so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and number 16, Black Friday is the busiest day of the year for plumbers. <laughs> wah, wah. Wah, wah. <laughs> Nothing to do with shopping here. So <laughs> thanks to all that food that we gobble up, um, it can stress out the plumbing system. And Roto-Rooter reports that kitchen drains, garbage disposals, and yes, toilets require more attention the day after Thanksgiving than any other day. So before you join the legions paying a hefty holiday bill, you may want to remind your kitchen cleanup crew to scrape the plates into the trash before washing. Oh my goodness. Actually, we scrape plates straight into the chicken bucket and the chickens go down. They love leftover Thanksgiving dinner. How cannibalistic. It's their favorite. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So that's it, guys. Those are our fun uh, Thanksgiving facts. We we hope that you enjoyed us in your ears on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. Not quite farming related, but a little bit. I mean, it's fun. Yeah. So just a few things before we let you go. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and download the episode when you listen. Because this helps more people like you find us. And leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts. Because if we read your review, you'll be entered into a monthly drawing for an exclusive coffee mug that is not and will never be in the shop. And do us a favor and share this episode over on Instagram in your stories and tag at Drink and Farm. Because we're going to send you a promo code just for that episode. And you'll get a percentage off in the shop, which you want right now because we just dropped our holiday gear. Yes, we did. It's over at drinkandfarm.com slash holiday dash 2020. Maybe I need to make that an easier slug. <laughs> but anyways, there will be it'll be linked on our, you know, what's that called? A menu on the left hand side on our website. So we it, it'll be in there. <laughs> You'll find it. You'll find it. It says holiday 2020. It has all of our cute holiday gear in it. And I'm obsessed over the B Mooey shirt. Oh, yes, we launched one new design this year and brought back some old favorites we did update our farm animal stack though to include cow yes so we technically have two new designs for the holidays yes here we go so make sure you take a look at our show notes for links to that merch shop social media and all of our other fun things yes so that's it guys that's it and until next time drink farm and give zero clucks Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things. We farm things. We drink and farm things. I almost made it like, and gobble, gobble, gobble. But I need gobble, to gobble, gobble. Up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about that, too. I just didn't do it because I was like, no. <laughs>